You're listening to the official podcast of Asbury University, produced by students with God-honoring conversations that inform, edify, and encourage. This is Asbury. We explore culture and current topics through a Christian worldview, promoting a well-balanced life, and we empower our community to belong, become, and be set apart. I'm your host, Abby Lobb. Welcome to This is Asbury. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I, I wish you could be with us because I'm sitting in the studio with two lovely ladies who I got to spend a lot of time with back in February. Welcome, Lena Marlowe and Lexi Presta. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And you didn't have to come far because you both are across the street now at Asbury mm-hmm. Theological Seminary. Thank you for making the trek across the busy road <laughs> to come back over to Asbury. You both just graduated back in the spring. And why don't you just tell us briefly about what you are studying currently at the seminary. Do you want to start, Lena? So I'll be getting my Master's of Divinity, but I'm anticipating to focus on discipleship, Christian discipleship. Awesome. Lexi, what are you up to? I'm doing my Master's in Organizational Leadership. Just because of my history with ministry and journalism, I thought it would have the right skills to lead people. Well, I love that you guys are back here on campus with us because back in February during the outpouring, you both played some really interesting roles in what God was doing, and I love how you both were just very obedient to that and you went with it. So let me just set the stage for you. So, Lena, you were with the Gospel Choir on Wednesday during the chapel when you all just kind of kept going, you know, led by the Spirit. And then, Lexi, you were playing this crazy role that just really blew up in a good way. Like, reporters were calling me and they were like, hey, there's this college newspaper. This reporter, Lexi, is, is reporting on things. Are we allowed to quote from her articles? I mean, you were just all over the place covering <laughs> in real time what was happening. I'd walk into Hughes and you'd be in there with your camera taking pictures. And I grabbed you a few times to do interviews. I was like, hey, you want to go talk to this person? And you were like, sure. So I I loved that. So you both since then have done different work with the outpouring teams that have gone out and just have continued to minister to people after everything that happened in the spring. So do you want to talk a little bit about what that has been like since then? Since then, God has continued to reveal more of who he is. Obviously, the outpouring was a very tangible expression of that. I think a lot of students went through that thing of like, oh, gosh, what do we do now? What, how are we supposed to care ourselves? I mean, Lena and I both had graduation yeah. afterwards. <laughs> had to finish classes. <laughs> yeah. We still had to finish our degrees and everything. But for me, I had like a mission trip to Northern Ireland lined up right after which that was an amazing life transforming experience all on its own but then the main part of my summer I was in a very small town in Indiana working at a church as an intern it was really cool because I learned so much about God throughout the summer but they gave me an opportunity to like actually preach on a Sunday I wasn't expecting it and I was really nervous because I still not a fan of public speaking but I got to talk about intergenerational unity I remember the pastor when he introduced me he thought oh she's gonna be speaking about the outpouring I was like I really want to get to the biblical examples of yeah. yeah. One of my favorite things during the outpouring was the stroller parking that was outside of Hughes Auditorium. <laughs> like I looked over at one point and there were probably 15 strollers parked along there. Mm-hmm. So you had that on one side and then of course up on the other side of Hughes coming in the handicap entrance, you had mm-hmm. all these older people. Mm-hmm. So seeing wow. them all together in Hughes yeah, on any given day picture. was, yes, it was cool. And then of course, not to mention all the Gen Z students. And Lena, I know you've talked about that as well, the multi-generational and multicultural impact of 
of the outpouring. Before graduation, I was still in circles with mentorship and being mentored, having mentees, being in different parts of Asbury and just community church and realizing that after this mountaintop experience, we have to come down and still be with people and still have to do life with people. And so, yeah, graduation came. I was like, okay, let's actually get my grades in and do these essays. And the day of graduation, I, I go with our campus pastor and a couple of students to London for an Alpha Leadership Conference. That was the manifestation of a lot of things that were spoken over me during the outpouring about where I'm going and where God has placed me and him basically telling me like it's time to like step into what I have for you. But I think it also just drew the bigger picture of like we saw the nations come here and us being sent to the mm-hmm. nations. In London, we just had a lot of people not really understanding the proximity of us doing life with each other, the group that went, and then us literally having to go and speak about what was happening. And so as God was sending us, he was also still teaching us. We learned that while doing ministry. Sometimes he does prepare you and he preps you before he sends you, but most of the time he's prepping you and telling you things while you're doing ministry. The multi-generational and multicultural aspect of everything that's been happening, I've just seen how God is not done with this generation and he's not done with the previous generations. And we need to stop saying that the people who have gone before us are the people who are coming after us. Like we're all children of God. We all have a calling. We all have a purpose. And that does not end until we are with Jesus. And even when he comes, we still have something to do is to worship him. I think that has been like my main priority is reminding people and having people who are accountability for me. We're all doing life together and we need to get good at that before we just feel like we need to organize a bunch of stuff. Can you talk about your experience at Asbury University, kind of leading up to everything that happened in February? What was going on in your lives? And how do you feel that God was preparing the ground for all this to happen in your lives and as a whole for everyone who was impacted? I remember the past four years, there was always like one big overarching theme throughout every year. So like the summer before we started as freshmen, I learned that God is bigger than I thought he was in terms of like how he continued to show up in the midst of the pandemic. I had been putting him in a box. And then through Asbury, I did the summer ministry team. And through that, I learned that I could depend on God and I could depend on other people. But I would close people off. Like I wouldn't really go into the details of like what was going on in my life. That team in particular really helped me be able to depend on God and depend on them. And then junior year, I fell into what a lot of young adults <laughs> at Asbury fall into of just overcommitment and yeah. busyness. Yes. And I burned out and I burned out bad. God was like, you can find rest in me and healing in me. And then senior year around that time, I was dealing with a lot of friendship conflict and like heartache in that kind of area and bitterness. And God was like, I am your best friend. And that's always been very sweet. But then also like in terms of like preparation from the university side, that's like all personal things. But like in terms of technical skills, I came into Asbury not knowing I was going to do journalism. I knew I wanted to do ministry, but journalism was never even on my radar. I just knew that I liked to write for fun. And it took one class here. And then Professor Maneri, he like kind of came alongside me and believed in me and continued to give me opportunities that I did not think I was capable of doing. I wasn't even interested in running the newspaper. I just feel really blessed about that. Lena, what about you? What was it like leading up to the wild year we've had? College was not that great for me. Mm. There was really good moments, but just with my past and community and moving a lot, I didn't really have grounding in community because I was always moving with my parents mm. in ministry and my parents' jobs. And so coming to college was like, 
oh, I'm going to be living with people. <laughs> I'm going to be eating with people. I'm going to be taking classes. I'm yeah. going to be going through stuff with people. Each semester, each year had an overarching theme. And a lot of it was just God pruning me and sharpening mm-hmm. tools that I didn't know he was sharpening. And a, a lot of times I was like, oh, I want to take this out of the toolbox and like use this. And he's like, it's not time. You're either going to damage this thing that I'm building or helping you build, or you're going to make it beautiful, but you're going to idolize it. Mm. And so a lot of it was just him sharpening my discernment. A lot of community and relational aspects were just really hard and challenging, but I was really blessed to have really good mentors and professors surround me and just show me that like God has grace for me and he has love for me. Answering your question about going across the street, I now know how important it is to do life with people proximity wise, mm. like yes. not taking that. Cause I have a lot of friends who have graduated, they go back home or they're doing a job it's really easy to take it for granted. And so I'm really blessed to be able to have that experience here and then going across the street, which is totally different. We have similarities, but just like not taking for granted, doing life, learning about God, learning about a lot of other secular things as well, like just, you know, world topics um, and trusting God with like the story of doing life with people. Since February or March, you could say, what are some of the ways that you have been very uniquely challenged? I've just noticed how it's really important for me to be the same person that I am when I'm serving others and using my gifts in front of God. I'm not a different person in the secret place and when I'm leading worship, I'm the same person, I'm the same daughter. And understanding that my identity doesn't come from ministry, it comes from being his daughter. I can have anything in this world, but I just want Jesus because he's not gonna fail me. And that's the one thing that I'm sure of. Like, I'm not sure of if I'm gonna be in ministry for the rest of my life. I'm not sure if I'm gonna travel and talk about such and such. I'm not sure about anything, but I'm sure of his faithfulness and who I am in him, which that's really cliche to say, but that's all I got right now. What about you, Lexi? What it feels like is that I am Peter in this situation. This summer and just stuff that happened felt like I was sinking and like a lot of processing and trying to move on, but I thought I was processing, but I wasn't. I was like shoving it away. This is gonna sound so bad. I know that the chosen TV show is not like scripture, but there's like the interpretation that they have of that particular story was very powerful for me. And I haven't been able to read the scripture version the same way because in it, like once Jesus rescues Peter and pulls him back into the boat, Literally. Peter's like clinging to Jesus and just saying, like don't let me go don't let me yeah, go yeah not want to fall in the water again right yeah, yeah exactly and so I didn't realize how scared I was that Jesus was going to leave me intellectually I feel like the knowledge I've been given I know so much about Jesus but like I'm at this point where like I want to know him it's more of a heart issue now and then I just remember someone the other day literally just asked me like do you believe that the Lord delights in you I didn't answer at first, which I think gave them their answer. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I want to believe it. And so now it's just like, I'm in the season and I have been in the season of like, God, help me see what you see. Like, help me take your hand and believe that you're not going to let me go. You would never like actually let me sink. That is just a very interesting place to be in because I've followed Jesus for a while now. I thought that I understood it, but now it's like, okay, I'm going from knowing into believing. I'm like very grateful that I am in a community like Asbury, whether it's the seminary or the university, to like have that kind of support and like navigation to help me figure it out and like continue going deeper. Moving forward, what are you both kind of hoping for? What's God leading you to or next steps once you're done with school? I kid you not. Lena and I had the privilege of going to brunch with some 
amazing women of faith last week, and I got asked that question, and I kind of just stared at them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. I feel like any time I had an image of what my future was supposed to be like, like, it never really felt super right, because, like, God reveals things to me very, very slowly, because he recognizes that if he tells me something, I will freak out about it. And so when I think about my future, my future used to terrify me, but now there's, like, this rest of, like, knowing that, like, I know who I am, I know whose I am, and so my foundation is set, and so my future isn't scary anymore, even though it's still unknown. I would love, obviously, like, no matter career-wise what I do or where he leads me, like, ministry is always going to be something that naturally emerges because he loves me. He's called me to love people, and I want to be able to do that no matter where I am. Jeannie Banter, who is well-known as Barian, she told me, she's like, all you can do is just hold it with your hands open. And she was holding a coffee cup at the time, but she, like, put it down. She's like, fully empty hands, open hands. I thought you were going to say she spilled her coffee. No. That would have been funny. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like now I'm at this point, like, I just want to keep knowing more about Mm. God and, like, learning and believing more about God. And so, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm really excited about it. (laughs) I'm sure it will be great. You have a couple years left, right? How long is your program? I think it's two years. Okay. But, like, because of the wonderful Asbury University, I got, like, some credits over, so it might not be taking me as long. I know your program is a little bit longer, Lena. Structure-wise, with like the mentored ministry, having to do cross-cultural stuff, it's supposed to be like almost five years. Oh, wow. But I can do it shorter, but I actually want to do two years out of the country. Oh, or, okay. So we'll see how that goes, whatever yeah. God tells me to do. I really just love traveling and getting to know different cultures, whether that's in the United States, but also just like starting in really small communities and seeing how God's growing and watering them. And so I think really just one-on-one mentored ministry and discipleship um, is something I'm really passionate about and something that has been confirmed a lot in just prayer and being with people and wise counsel. When you talk to people, whether it's young people or anyone, really, that's the biggest need. Often they are in a great church and they still are like, I need connection, I need mentorship, discipleship. So I love that. That's where you're feeling called. It's a huge need. Me and my supervisor from the summer, we have this image of mentorship. It's a cross. And so like Jesus is with us in the center. We have people pouring into us, official mentors. And then we have, I think it was called like trusted partners or mutual encouragers at our sides Mm -hmm. who are like kind of like in the similar place than us. At the bottom, we're like, we're pouring out because we're being filled up by those mentors and those encouragers. So like, where's our overflow going? And so then it's like, you find people to pour into mentees, whether it's an official mentorship or maybe just people you're interacting with. It doesn't matter how old you are. Everyone needs people pouring into them and they need to be pouring out to others too. There are moments where we're not having, like you said, official mentees or mentors, but something that someone made really clear to me, it's okay to be alone, but it's not okay to be lonely. And if you're Mm. doing, whether it's singleness, not having a job right after college or being newly married in a new place, like whatever it is, you still need to be doing life with people and still having people understand like what you're going through because that's what the body of Christ is for. Well, it's really easy to be alone these days. It's really easy to just, ah, I'm just going to plug into Zoom or I'm going to be in social media. I don't Mm. think it's ever been easier to be alone than, Mm. than it is now. I think that's a huge problem. You know, we can order anything and have it delivered to our door. We can be alone all the time if we want to. I think people slide into that really easily. (laughs) (laughs) I hang out with you guys, you know, I've I've learned a few things. It was harder to be alone when I was Mm. your all's age. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, that's a topic for another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything that you would leave people with? Just any encouragement? Dig in. God's not going to let you go. 
and it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, he wants to meet you there. And just another quick image, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not spared from the fire. They still had to go into the fire. They fell into the fire fully bound, but God met them in the flames. So when I say dig in, life is not promised that it's going to be easy. And sometimes as followers of Jesus, it's extra hard. Yeah. There's so many examples of that. Terrifying. But like, I would just say dig in because like you've got someone that's never going to disappoint you or a friend who's never going to leave you. It might be crazy, but it also might be beautiful. So just dig in. If you don't know what to do right now in any situation, it can be big or small, medium or large. Always be obedient to the first thing he told you to do. Even if that means you need to pray or you need to start reading your Bible, you need to not do this or you need to do this. Like always be obedient to the first thing. I like that because we like to second guess. We're like, well, it's not really what I'm supposed to do. Sometimes it's not linear, like a list that God wants you to get done. It's like, well, a couple months ago, I told you to do this. Let's keep doing this. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, oh, okay. That's great. Love that. Well, thank you so much. I know that you all are very busy and I just appreciate you coming back over to the university campus to talk with us. You know we love it over here. Of course you do. (laughs) We're in your old stopping grounds here, Lexi. You love it. That's great. Now you're hanging out at the seminary. I love that. Well, let's stay in touch and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of This is Asbury. To learn more about Asbury University, visit asbury.edu.